0: You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News.
1: Well, greetings once again from Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com. It is Thursday, April the 9th, and it's time for your Weekly Wrap-Up. You've noticed it's Thursday, not Friday, and that's because the markets in the U.S. are closed uh, tomorrow, Friday, April the 10th, in observance of Good Friday, and the three-day Easter weekend. So, one day ahead of schedule, we get your Weekly Wrap-Up. I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and joining us is Eric Sprott? Eric, good morning.
0: Hey Craig, good morning. You know what's interesting about this? We got a four-day week, but have we ever got a lot of stuff packed into four days? It's oh, incredible.
1: Whew. It is something else, isn't it? I just—it seems like every day, um, you just never know what's going to come next.
0: It's like the the multi-tsunamis, right? The financial tsunami, the economic tsunami, the the precious metal tsunami, the the uh, coronavirus tsunami, and like man, they're all moving.
1: Yeah, that's right. And we're going to talk a lot about precious metal today, obviously, and uh, the physical markets and what's going on there. And uh, a lot of dealers are out of stock. And some dealers, like Sprott Money, are actually temporarily closed in uh, Toronto because of the uh, quarantine and and, uh, people asking to social distance. However, there's still reason to visit SprottMoney.com. One of the reasons you'd want to is to sign up for our email newsletter if you want to get Information such as these weekly wrap-up podcasts, plus other precious metals news, right to your inbox. You can visit SprottMoney.com and up sign up for that Sprott Money newsletter. You can sprine up too if you want, Eric. Um, all right, my friend. This is uh, this is another really interesting, fun week. Gold is surging again as we speak. Highest levels, uh, back close to the highest levels we saw back on Monday, but still some of the highest closing levels perhaps that we've seen in more than seven years. Very interesting time to be alive. What are you noticing?
0: Well, I think precious metals uh, are the number one topic, of course, particularly for us, because uh, the other two topics we'll talk about, the economy and uh, coronavirus, are uh, sort of continuing in, in a particular trend. But the, the action in the precious metals is, is wild. I would say that the key change that's happened in this last week was as the price of gold went up sharply on various days, the open interest didn't, right? which meant that the commercials were not trying to keep the price down. We used to have a measure that, you know, for every dollar that the price of gold went up, there'd be an open interest increase of a thousand contracts. Well, we had days when prices going up 40 bucks and like no increase. Uh, And that's continued to happen here, that we've had some uh, very large days and there's hardly been any increase in the open interest. And I think it suggests that the commercials know the gig is up. And you've obviously done a lot of work and reported on this on your own website and on Spot Money. The difference between the spot price and the futures price, the fact that the futures price can just explode all of a sudden, as we're seeing here this morning with uh, gold up to 40 or 50 bucks here and something like $30 in the spot market as we speak. And and of course, there's a certain tightness, a physical tightness in the market. And I I can only give my own example of it. Uh, I was thinking about buying some uh, silver uh, and I thought I wanted to buy about $5 million worth of silver. Uh, you know, maybe I better not put in that big an order because they'll just turn around and tell me they can't get it. So I'll put in a smaller order for, for a couple of million. And uh, I, I think I was able to buy it, but I, I did speak to the trader who was handling the order. And believe me, it's getting tight. So can you imagine we're in a world where somebody who trades silver all the time and gold can't buy it? Like, right. What is that about? And of course, Lots of people are watching the price of gold going up here, and they realize that silver is a beautiful alternative. In fact, it probably is a better alternative from a total uh, appreciation point of view. And uh, and yet there's not available. And, and, and you know, and we've talked about the premiums for coins, which are just, they're nasty. I mean, they're 10, 10 and $12 a coin above the spot price, which is, which is kind of ridiculous. I try to buy... Uh, thousand ounce bars, by the way, which don't trade at those kind of premiums. And I, I presume I was able to buy a small amount, but it's, um, it's interesting that, uh, things have changed so rapidly. I would uh, draw people's attention to, for example, the, uh, the silver ETFs. I think they put on 42 million ounces in the last month. Well, you know how I love annualizing things like that. That's right. about, that's about, that's about 500 million ounces. Okay. Well, we only mine about 900 million ounces. and Of course, we don't even mine 900 million ounces anymore because of the shutdown in Peru and Mexico. So you have the investment business buying all of the production, more than all of the production. What does that tell you that the price is going to do, particularly when you and I talk about COVID-19 and the economy, that people have to be aware that there are big issues going on out there which suggest that owning gold is very appropriate, whether it's disinflation, which is the more important reason to think, in my mind, or whether it's going to be inflation in the future because of all the spending by governments here.
1: You know, Eric, you mentioned this, uh, this difference, this, this deviation between the spot price and the futures contract, which, uh, as someone who's been in futures, you know, I follow futures and I trade the futures and I trade the options and all that stuff my whole life. Uh, that spread is usually just a couple dollars. And at times over the last few weeks, it's blown out to as many as $70. And it's $50 this morning. So I, I kind of want to get your opinion on that because I see that as a crisis of confidence because what should happen is that it's a risk-free arbitrage trade for someone with big enough money because you can, to close that gap, you can sell a futures contract and buy at spot which then narrows that gap. And it's a free trade. I mean, you buy the spot, you hold, you get the metal, you hold on to it for the whatever it's going to be now, six weeks before the June goes into delivery, and then you deliver it. And you make $50 an ounce. You do it on one contract, that's $5,000. You do it on 100 contracts, that's $500,000. And no one is yeah, no. doing it.
0: Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I have a, a personal... Uh way of looking at this. And I, I look, of course, everything I look at has to do with what the commercial are doing on the comics, okay, because they're the guys that run the price up and down. In fact, one of the things I should have mentioned, as I looked at what happened to both gold and silver uh, about two weeks ago, they I mean, just hammered them. Like, there was no reason to hammer them like that, other than you know, those guys trying to cover their shorts. And, you know, they took silver down to 1250 and it's now whatever, 1550. And they took gold down to 1450 It's 1700. I mean, a couple of weeks later, are you kidding me? It was like sharply down, sharply up. Um, but my own assessment of why the June contract is so much above the spot contract is there is an incentive for someone to sell the June contract. And you know what? There's an incentive for someone called a commercial bank to buy the June contract and get me out of this short before the price of gold explodes. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think they've created this di- divergence in the price uh, because you you know, when you know, go to ask for your uh, spot to gold or something, you probably won't get it anyway. But meanwhile, the guy's off his, uh, his June short. Yeah. So that to me is a big part of what might be going on here.
1: That's a good point. You know, a lot of folks are trying to uh, apologize for the system by saying, oh, no, it's, it's just a problem that the gold's uh, just not in the right place, right? And so the COMEX is amending their rules so that they can, you can deliver fractions of London bars and stuff like that. Eric, you and I have spoken for years about how hyper-leveraged uh, this fractional reserve system is and how uh, there are so many beneficial owners of, of each individual ounce. i got to lay a stat on you. And, I, and I, I, I told you before, I wasn't going to give you this information until we were recording, just so I could get your reaction. You know they trade, the biggest hub in the world of unallocated gold trading is in London, right? Yep. In the month of March alone, it has been reported that the volume of gold traded in London, month of March alone, 32,255 metric tons.
0: Thirty-two thousand. Oh my God, that's uh, that's about ten times the annual mine production. And, and you like in, to, in one month, and you
1: annualize. What's that times twelve, yeah. Eric? Yeah, no, it's just it's mind-boggling.
0: One hundred and twenty times the world's supply of gold. And who's trading this stuff? Who needs to trade this stuff? Why do they trade this stuff? Right. It sounds so phony. You know, it's just like a bunch of guys. Throwing up trades with each other, I don't know what the purpose is. You know, I mean, and the, by the way, the amount of money they're Mm-hmm. put put those contracts into money—that's mm-hmm. that's probably uh, seventy billion or some ridiculous Trillions. amount of yeah. money yeah. being traded. Yeah, like it's just mind-boggling. Anyway,
1: so they tell surprise you
0: they... because because we never understood the LBMA, right? I mean, there there are no hardly any data ever comes out of that place. So who the hell knows what's going on there?
1: But there's plenty of gold this year. Oh, it's just in the wrong place, Eric. There's all kinds of gold. And the the LBMA has a trading volume of over 32,000 tons in a month. Right, Remarkable. All right, my friend. I've got a list of questions uh, that I want to run past you because we haven't had a chance to get to questions for the last um, couple of weeks. But uh, before we do, just other things that might be on your mind that you've noticed as we've gone through the week.
0: I want to bring up a couple of things about COVID nineteen, and they—they they were these are data points I read today for the first time. In South Korea, there's 51 cases where the guy had the coronavirus. He was treated and presumed to have been cured, and it was reactivated. That's a scary, scary number. Uh, I also read that in China, uh, the one out of every uh, three patients uh, was, was likely to show no antibodies after having uh, had the disease. And that's a frightening prospect because one of the theories that we use about the, the way you solve this thing, of course, the easiest one would be some vaccine, which we don't seem to be making progress on. But two might be, you know, have everyone get it and we all develop an immunity. But if a third of the people didn't develop the immunity, you have this continuing problem. It's a lesser problem if it's only 30% of the 33% of the population, but it still, it doesn't go way too fast. That's, I guess, the point that I'm trying to make. So these are kind of scary, scary t- statistics. The numbers are bad enough as they are. I mean, this whole thing with the market going up because the caseload's coming down, which hasn't proven to be the case for a second, Uh, And even if it comes down, my God, oh, gee, we only had 29,000 cases instead of 30,000 cases, you know, not as though we're all going to go to the bars the next day. We're going to be stuck in our homes for a while here, I'm afraid to say.
1: Yes. And we're seeing today uh, what the Fed announced just this morning, another two point three trillion dollars of free money created cash, you know, uh, imaginary money, just infinite sent out to loans.
0: Yeah, in terms of the the economic impact, we also had the uh, initial claims, okay? They were 6.6 million new claims. So now we've had almost 17 million claims in the last three weeks, which, by the way, is 13% of the working population. 13% of the working population. Oh, my God. So maybe we get an unemployment rate of like 16% or something, and and this all happened in three weeks, okay? Mm. The economic decline that we're experiencing is unheard of proportions, and I find it very interesting. And I, I, I think I commented on this before. The first coronavirus uh, program that the Congress passed was fifty billion, and I laughed at the time. I don't know you guys have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Then I think there was an, then there was an eight hundred billion, then there's a two trillion, and now we got a two point three trillion. And of course, the problem is the whole financial system is cratering. All the loans, all the businesses, all the small businesses, all the big businesses. There is no business. There's no business. The only right. business that's sort of carrying on is financial and government and healthcare. And and everything else is, is basically shut down almost. So what's the what's the cost to the government and the and or the Fed going to be said and done? I think they have no idea. I have no idea. Yeah. But it's not a little amount of money. It is gonna be staggering. And I think that's why gold is obviously running today because gold and what people investing in will realize oh, my God, think of, you know, if, if, if the U.S. government has to and the Fed have to put in whatever number you want to pick, I don't know what the number is anymore, but let's say it's $10 trillion. Well, what about the rest of the world? What are they all going to print? Yeah. And what's, what's the currency going to be worth at the end of the day? Yeah. So, anyway.
1: Well, and that's all part Not of what. Good what I've been discussing for 10 years at my site and what you've been doing for decades now, trying to warn people that this was coming, this infinite cash creation was coming and people are figuring this out. It's all part of this, the shortage of metal that's not going away as this hyper levered system is forced to delever and actually deliver metal. So as I get to some of these questions, Eric, the first one is this, sure. uh, would Eric please uh, discuss the possible consequences of a long contract holder standing for June delivery and the bullion banks being unable to deliver, what would the settlement look like and what would be the possible losses to the banks?
0: Well, of course, for COMEX purposes, the ultimate, uh, deferral thing is we settle, we are allowed to settle for cash. Okay. They don't have to deliver the gold that's written into the contract that, uh, if If there 's an event of default they can settle in cash and i 'm sure that 's what 's going to happen here i don 't think you should believe that when you buy the june contract you 're going to get any gold because you 're not right would be my guess
1: all right second couple of questions have to deal with silver silver has recovered somewhat after that huge sell off you mentioned and the reasons behind it but it 's nowhere near actually it's it 's up more percentage basis since q e to infinity started than gold is, but it it 's still down at obviously fifteen something. Uh, why, why is it still fifteen dollars? And how long do you think the mints will stay closed? Because that's uh, obviously affecting the shortage as well. Sure. Well, I think
0: the reason that it went down as much as it did is the commercials can do anything they want with silver. It's the whole silver market per year is fifteen billion dollars. Okay, the amount of silver produced, billion ounces times fifteen dollars, it's nothing—fifteen billion. So somebody with deep pockets, the i.e., the commercial bank, they can take the price in the short term anywhere they want. Yeah. and they did. They took it to twelve fifty, started covering their shorts. They've covered almost. Uh, I think they probably covered half their silver shorts. We're Pretty getting close. down to almost almost the bare minimum. Uh, some people use one hundred thirty-five thousand open interest as kind of like the bare minimum that you ever get down to. It might go lower this time because there really is a shortage. Uh, so my, my view happens to be that this gold-silver ratio is ridiculous, that when people all decide they want physical assets, that physical asset, which is in the shortest dollar amount, will go up more than others. So I think silver, platinum, palladium will probably outperform gold, would be just my off-the-cuff guest here. And, of course, I've been... As I said, I'm trying to buy silver, and it's impossible to buy here. And I don't think it's going to get any easier as we go forward here.
1: Uh, All right, here we are, what, uh, three and a half months-ish into 2020. Gold is up now more than $200 year-to-date. But yet, uh, most of the mining shares, and particularly junior miners, have gone down. Uh, So the first question is, what's the deal? The second one is, um, if somebody were to start dabbling into the mining shares, someone that doesn't own them at all, in your opinion, what are the safest, if you will, of the mining shares to buy?
0: Sure. Well, first of all, you have to worry about the mines being closed down here. Anybody with an underground mine is vulnerable to a close down because typically in underground mines, when you're transporting your employees to an underground location, these guys are going cheek to jowl down the shaft in the skip. And that is not a socially safe distance. Okay. So that's a concern. I I would say the best guys are probably some intermediate producer, uh, who's open pit. Uh, that's been kind of undervalued. I, I don't have that name in mind. I know that I think one of the cheapest ones has to be an open uh, underground company called the Grand Columbia that's probably trading in two and a half times earnings, but there's that risk that you might have to shut down. But there's a corollary and a benefit to shutting down. If they shut down, if they, in the future they shut down, now there's no gold supply and all this demand for gold. What is the price going to do? Yeah. And, I think people would realize, you know, when, when we get back to wherever we're going to get back to, if we ever get back to normal, that owning uh, precious metal stocks is a is a damn good bet versus a lot of other things that aren't going to recover. So I don't know if I've answered it, but uh, I, I have not been much of a participant lately in buying stocks. I have been in terms of buying gold and buying silver, but I could tell you now I'm starting to look again, and I've had lots of the things I own that had gone up very sharply recently, surprisingly sharply. And, and in other words, somebody came in looking for a little bit, stock was up 20% just like that. I mean, it's, it's been crazy. Yeah. So I think there's lots of opportunity there.
1: The underperformance of the juniors, uh, given that price is up $200, you got any theories?
0: Well, that's not untypical. You know, the, the smaller companies and the explorers always take a little while to command much attention. Um, but as an example, uh, Kirkland Lake from its low is up 100%. Yeah, it's, it's amazing to think that, but it is up 100%. And I think that this will happen to other stocks. You know, they aren't, aren't don't quite have the same attention that the Kirkland would have. Um, so I, it just takes time. I think that it's probably not a bad bet versus everything else that's going on. And yes, the stock market seems to want to go up here. I'm not a believer in the stock market here. Okay, I think. The only reason the market's going up is because everyone thinks the Fed and the Treasury can print enough money to bail everybody out. But, you know, there's one thing that's going to happen. They've got to report their earnings and they've got to cut their dividends. Yeah. Everyone's going to be eliminating their dividend. Okay, I mean, that's just almost a given. Even the banks will have to give up their dividends. It's ridiculous that the Fed would be putting that much money in the banking system, letting those guys pay dividends and bonuses. Are you kidding me? It's not going to happen, I don't think.
1: All right. One last question. Uh, we'll wrap up with this one because you mentioned it a little bit earlier. Some economists are forecasting deflation over the next two to three years before we get any sign of inflation as consumer spending and business investment retreat on a scale not seen in decades. How would the precious metals behave in such an environment?
0: Well, I think in a deflationary environment, the uh, precious metal are going to act superbly. And the reason for that is it's the safe asset. Like, you know i don't believe the banks are safe every one of the bank's customers save a few are losing money or taking their money out of the bank because they got to pay off some bills of some sort whether you're a corporation or a person everybody's way 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 worse off if all your customers are in bad shape you're in bad shape but the fed has put enough uh fuel on the fire here that it hasn't kind of spilled over yet but I personally wonder whether the government and the Fed have enough ammunition to deal with the size of the problem. Yeah. Because you start off with debt. I don't know what the total debt picture is. Is it like a couple of hundred trillion or something? You well, know? And, and all you- of a sudden, you you can't you can't service the debt. And that's a lot of money to not service.
1: The U.S. passed twenty-four trillion yesterday. Yeah. For the
0: government. Yeah. I'm thinking of the corporate debt, right? All mm. the corporate debt out there. Mm-hmm. Imagine, you know, you've got corporate debt for an airline. And what's his rep He doesn't even have any revenue today. He just has expenses. Wow. That's, yeah. not, that's not easy to deal with.
1: No, that's for sure. All right. As we begin to wrap up, I just want to point out we are still operating, obviously, at, at Sprott Money. So, again, sign up for that email newsletter at SprottMoney.com. But also, be sure to check back in a couple of weeks. We're still going to do Ask the Expert this month. And ask the expert for this month is someone a lot of Canadians know, a guy by the name of Rob Kirby. I know Eric knows Rob oh, yeah. quite well. Good time to pick his brain on everything that's going on. He will be our expert. We're going to record in a couple of weeks. If you have any questions you'd like to ask Rob Kirby, email them to us. Submissions, the word submissions, at SprottMoney.com. And yours truly, we'll be sure to pass them along to Rob when we when we do the interview. Eric... Uh, hey, I, I hope you're able to have a peaceful, relaxing Easter weekend. Try to put some of the stuff out of your mind, and then I guess we'll get right back at it come Monday.
0: It should be exciting. We, you know, it's funny. We all look forward to the 6 o'clock opening on Sunday nights, right, just to see how the world adapted to whatever events transpired over the weekend because there are so many things going on, including – imagine us having to analyze the, the, the new two point three trillion program – the new data that we're going to get on the coronavirus—it's just such a vibrant, crazy, chaotic time. So, uh, it's something that uh, some of us actually do look forward to. So, I look forward to seeing you uh, next Friday.
1: You got it, my friend. Well, have a great weekend. Okay, you too. And from all of us at Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com, have a great holiday weekend, and we'll talk to you again next Friday.